Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, former pro football quarterback and president of the Sold Out Youth Foundation, Roman Gabriel III. Join us for up-close conversations with high-impact people dedicated to faith and family from the world of sports and entertainment. Remember, Sold Out relies on you, the listener, and your support in order to deliver this program. You can donate to the Sold Out Youth Foundation at soldouttv.com. Follow Roman on his Twitter and Facebook fan pages at Roman Gabriel III. Check out the Sold Out program at soldouttv.com along with its mission to impact America's youth by challenging students to be alcohol and drug abstinent and teaching valuable life skills and biblical principles of success. Today, Roman's guests on Sold Out Sports Talk are Chris Draft, former linebacker for the NFL Rams. Because you're saying, I can't believe it's like this when... If you just look at history, you know where we were. Yeah. And, and then didn't realize that we can't just talk about somebody, but but really ask ourselves, do we care? Who do we care about? Do we love this country as a whole? And Pamela Perrine and Michael Dunaway, producers of the movie Angels in Rocket Field. I have a great film with a really strong message that's going to touch hearts and hopefully change lives. And then I incorporated God's Word. Now, here's the host of Sold Out Sports Talk, Roman Gabriel III. Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. A Chris Draft. I'm going to say Rams because the Rams are the Super Bowl. Every time somebody goes Super Bowl, I just say the team Chris was on and we're good. Exactly. But I absolutely have Rams, Rams connections from being a Rams player for a couple of years, but also growing up in Anaheim. Oh, that's right. Anaheim. And the Rams were in Anaheim from 1980 okay, so to 1995. That's all good. So, But the, the blue and gold, that's what I knew. I know. That was the Valencia Tigers out of Placentia, that's right, California. That's right, baby. That's right. The role is about getting to you know who somebody is. I mean, if you want to just talk about stats, I mean, you could do that in two right. seconds and they could be gone. Right. But you, you're, you're, you're not just talking about a game because there's only, only two teams playing in the game. So it's who are you and what are you doing and, and what kind of man are you? Well, the NFL, uh, I think, misses a great opportunity in not spotlighting. You know, 98% of the players are out there. They're family guys. They're, they're, they're faith guys. They're guys that are in the community doing great things that nobody hears about. Yeah, I, I think it's it's hard for the NFL to force something. So it I, I, it's important that our community groups actually want to see yes, it, yes, right, and then acknowledge it. So when when you when you see a, a Drew Brees who handles the defeat with with the yeah. with the Saints and he's out yeah. playing with his kids and with so much humility that it, it speaks to the the class that he is, then we can't get caught up in the discussions about uh, a call that right that when there are a number of missed calls and so. If we want there to be a conversation, if we want there to be able to appreciate our men that aren't just ball players, then we can't turn it on and off. But we have to see it because that true, you know, that the, the, the true measure of, of the man right. comes out when there's diver- adversity. When there's adversity, exactly. When it's, when, when it's there. So, yeah. so are we just going to talk about the adversity? Or are we going to appreciate the men that are coming through that and are showing the class and character that they've exactly. always had? Uh, Roman Gabriel and Sold Out Sports Talk uh, here with Chris Draft. And, you know, it's really hard your rookie year. There's so much adjustment. But I've had player X or player Y or Coach X or Coach Y take me aside and, and, and help me. I mean, Roman, it's, it's just when we look at the equation, people want to think the equation has changed or the, the recipe has changed. And it, and it hasn't changed. Uh, true mentorship, great mentorship has always been important. 
you know, to be able to transition, to go through something that is going to take you to another level, it requires having a mentor in your life, or it is extremely difficult. It's going to be difficult anyway, but having a mentor in your life, someone that has wisdom, makes it where you can get through it and not have to make the same mistakes as somebody else and be able to push yourself and be on another level because you've learned from that. Who is, who is the guy for you? Um, that was that person that you can and think of I, when I you had, came I had league. some tremendous guys. So Andre Collins, who's actually working with NFLPA, uh, Rico McDonald, and I, I tell them, those are my vets. Those are my vets. Right. All right, just like when I claim my, my rookies, uh, Thomas Davis is my rookie. Right. Lorenzo Alexander is my rookie. And I, and I love it. Uh, Chris Long is my rookie. And to see them as man of the year candidates, Thomas has won, have won it, it. But the other ones have won it for their teams, which is just amazing. amazing. And th so those are – those are my guys. I mean, you, know, you, you have the opportunity to help somebody transition, knowing it's going to be difficult. At the end of the day, we're going to compete. Do you think that we're doing a good enough job of educating young rookies to the history of the league and to those, those statues of, of virtue and alumni that help get the league where it is today? Well, I, I, I think that's, uh, that's not just an issue in terms of are we doing a good enough job of appreciating where we came from? Yeah, and go. if we ask that question for not just the NFL, but if we ask that in our country sure. right now, I would say that the NFL does a better job than our than country, the country you think right so? now. Because we, we've got a lot of people that are saying it's just the worst it's ever been. And I said, man, if you know anything about history, you would know that that is absolutely yeah, wrong, wrong to say something like that. Right. Yes, we have work to do, right. but there is no way we are worse than – this is the worst well, time and that's ever. That's interesting what you say because it's one thing to say there's work to be done and it, it, it keeps it in a positive light of we're going to move forward to something better. But when you pull the politics in and where it becomes name calling, when it becomes just about taking advantage of money or taking advantage of people for the sake of continuing trouble. Yep. Um, and that's what I agree with you about anything in life. If you're working towards a solution, then there's always a positive side. Yes, you look at the negatives, but when you put the negative up and you say, you know, I'm going to use that negative to my advantage. Yep. You've had such a great impact, and I never want people out there that expect that they know what you're doing. So tell us throughout the year with your foundation what you're doing and what specifically the Super Bowl you're doing. Well, you know, our main, you know, our main initiative right now under the Chris Strath Family Foundation was, uh, you know, our mission is to empower families to live healthier lifestyles, but our main initiative we're focused on is our team draft initiative, which is changing the face of lung cancer. You know, and the, and the way we do that is really highlighting different survivors, going and building and recruiting them and, and raising them up and educating them so they can stand up for their communities. And I know there's people out there saying, well, why does that matter? Lung, did you just say lung cancer? He's a young guy. Why did he say lung cancer? I said, well, unfortunately, if, if I didn't have a connection, I wouldn't be saying it. Right. I wouldn't be talking about it. But my, my connection is my wife, Keisha, that was diagnosed at 37 years old. It was the picture of health, never smoked in her life, and diagnosed stage four lung cancer and passed a year later. Right, so all these connections. I've been playing the league since 13 years. Know the commissioner. Know all these players. Know you. That could one year. Right. All right. So something had to be done. We had to make it clear that that research mattered. We had to make it clear that early detection and treatment matter, and that the ultimate goal had to be survivorship. But we need to build a team. And so just like with football, if we want to, or just like in a battle, we had to go out and recruit. We had to go build up our survivors, and we had to make this not about the disease, but about people. And mm -hmm. so in doing that, we have a Super Bowl challenge where whoever raises the amount of, most amount of money for their organization, for their cancer center, goes to the Super Bowl and ends up representing the lung cancer community.
So Patty Watkins is going to the, the Super Bowl. Gina Hollenbeck is going to the Taste of the NFL. And they've all taken a stand as leaders in the community and, and stood up and said that survivorship matters. Look at me. And, and when you look at me, let it sink in that anyone can get it. And you had such a great group in Minneapolis last year. I, I still have the picture. It was such a, such a great picture of just your whole group there and just the excitement of your winners and what a great experience it was for them to do that. And the thing you said that's key in any initiative is if it's not about the people and their stories, then it's going to be very difficult to cast a vision. It's just not. It has to be about people, right? And that, that's the biggest change that we had to just really push into the community. They said that, you know, what's wrong with the lung cancer community? We had a, a lack of research dollars when it first started out. And I said, well, you know, you guys are talking about research, and I'm saying I'm talking about love. I don't see us loving our survivors. I don't see us making sure that we meet them where they are and recognize that advocacy is not easy. You know, we're going to have to go out and put some love around them so that then they can be confident in standing up for others. Two things. Tell me where you've grown from to today and what your goals are moving forward. Well, I'm going to tell you, the goals are very similar. So where have we grown? I would say that we have more of an awareness that our survivors are the key, that it's got to be about people. I'm saying when we first started out, it was amazing how many of the people in the lung cancer community were like, why are you focusing all on the survivors? And they said, well, because prevention doesn't matter if it's not about survivors. Early detection doesn't matter if it's not about survivors. Treatment does not matter if it's not about survivors. Right. And research doesn't matter as if it doesn't end up creating more survivors. Yeah. So, I'm, so my problem is, what are you fighting for? Right? So that we've been able to seep that through. You know, we had a couple of groups that needed to get out of the way. This year, they're getting out of the way. American Cancer you. Society was only saying prevention rather than saying that we had to fight for our survivors. Uh -huh. This year, that's, that's happening. Good, good. CDC getting out of the way. They were only saying prevention. Again, those are good things, but they're not enough. Right. We need prevention, early detection, treatment, research, and survivorship, and anything but having that well, is not enough. You're a big, you're a big thinker and big goal setter and visionary. So talk to me about, you know, where do you see at the Super Bowl ten years from now? Where do you see it happen? What do you see happening? Man, I'm gonna say I'm, I'm so excited about next year, not just ten, 10 years from now. I'm excited about next year because what we've been doing is working on our survivors to get them to believe that it's possible. Right, they are here and they're at the Super Bowl, and, and there's so many of them there are saying, "Well, dude, would they care? Mm -hmm. Would they care?" And I said, "You know what? They're not going to care about cancer." And they're like, "Well, they don't care about lung cancer. I can't believe it." And I said, "But no, nobody cares about cancer. They care about people." Right. So if you let your light shine, if you come in here and you let them get to know you, we're not going to have a problem. And so a lot of our survivors are having, a, they're understanding that, and we're right around about to turn this corner. And once they realize that, they're going to. They're going to stand up and let people see them, not lung cancer. Chris Drafts, former linebacker in the NFL, played for the Rams. He's representing the Falcons Legends community. Um, Chris, Chris Drafts Family Foundation, how do they get hold of information if they want to get involved either as a supporter, as a volunteer, awesome. or just to uh, uh, be a survivor to say, hey, can I talk to somebody? I'll tell you this, man. We, you can go to team, you know, teamdraft.org is our, our cancer, lung cancer-specific initiative. Definitely the, the fundraising is still continuing for our Super Bowl challenge. So if you want to do something right now, we've got some survivors. Gina's right over there. Patty's around here somewhere else. They're still fundraising until the day after the awesome. Super Bowl. So you can still be able to support them. If you want to volunteer, definitely can, can contact with us. We have the Chris Draft Family Foundation. You can go there. Those are some of our other initiatives mixed in with still being able to connect with the team draft. And you know, at the end of the day, you don't have to come to us. If you, to, if you want to volunteer, don't think you have to come to us. 
All right, I just want to speak to you guys. Start where you are. If that's all you can do a little bit, that's okay. That is, that is okay as long as it's authentic, it's real, and it's helping somebody. Chris, I love your passion, not just as a football player, but what you're doing now. You're on a mission, and uh, we certainly appreciate your efforts and the efforts of all your volunteers and these winners we're going to get a picture with. Uh, when we come back, more on Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. You're listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with Pamela Perrine and Michael Dunaway, producers of the movie Angels in Rocket Field. Visit SoldOutTV.com and consider donating to the Sold Out Youth Foundation. And follow Roman on his Twitter and Facebook fan pages at Roman Gabriel 3. Now, once again, here's Roman Gabriel III. Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. Uh, Roman Gabriel with you, former pro football quarterback and uh, now the president of the Sold Out Youth Foundation. Uh, two good friends, I tell you, that have become good friends. I feel like I've known Pamela forever, you know, but we've never met until today, face to face. Actress, new producer, Pamela Perrine. Michael Dunaway, producer and uh, a guy who's made a lot of great films. And you guys got together how? How did that happen? Well, actually, it's a funny story. Uh, Pamela and I grew up in the in the same town, Macon, Georgia, and uh, went to the same two high schools, but we crossed over at exactly the same time so that we never met each other. So we have all the same friends from high school, uh, but we never went to the same school together, and we never met when we were kids. And we, uh, we really only met about a year and a half ago on Facebook, of all things. Facebook kept popping up and saying, you know this woman, You can Pamela do that Prime. on Facebook. Exactly. <laughs> And uh, then, then when we met in person, it was just a, a very quick friendship, and we've worked on films since then, and uh, and and it's been it's been great. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, I would be remiss because Pamela sent me her film. Was nice enough to let me see it. Angels in Rocket Field. Pretty exciting stuff. Short film. Uh, if you have, if well. You're going to let the real people see it soon, but the bottom line is a really cool project. Um, combines sports, entertainment, the South, a tremendous story about a single mom. And we know you're a single mom, so we know where that inspiration came from, but uh, so impressed with your first effort. Awesome. Thank you. Tell me about the story, how you came up with it. Well, um, it's, it was inspired by my story, um, and my son was really the inspiration um, when he was younger. It broke my heart not um, seeing him not have his father around, and um, I met um, an actor on a film that I worked on, uh, Trey Chaney, I worked on a film called The Portrait with him, and we started talking about doing a film together, and I liked the diversity angle, so I, I threw the the dejected young boy from a broken home in with this um, African-American rapper um, who also was from a broken home and uh, just wrote the story and it kind of uh, gelled and it, and it worked. Um, and it's a very common story that we all can relate to. We all know somebody from each one of those backgrounds. So um, I felt like we all could relate to it. And, and that was my goal was to have a relatable, relevant story that will hopefully help somebody. Well, what's really cool about the film too that I really loved is, is for uh, you know first effort with a, with with not a large budget, it has a much bigger feel to it. But the acting was really good, the storyline was good, um, and I can see you making a larger film. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely! I'm going to be directing another film in March 
um, a short concept film. Michael's going to be coming on as the executive producer, and um, and the goal is to shoot the feature within a year, and it's going to have another strong message. Um, so yeah, that's my goal. I'm I'm loving filmmaking now and trying to get strong messages. And out there. we should say this, Michael, that. Uh, you know, one of the things that's happening in the entertainment world today is that the Christian uh, side of this, the faith-based side, is finally stepping up. Yeah. Uh, we've seen some incredible faith-based films here in the last five years. As you say, the, the real proof over the last few years is that the faith-based community is hungry for movies that have faith-based content. And you, if you look at the, the budgets versus the revenue of every genre of film, Faith-based movies are among the very, very, very most profitable, and so I think that you know, even even in even in a business where people are doing things for a higher purpose, money does talk and mm -hmm. profitability does talk, and I think you're going to start to see a lot more people, maybe even who are not in the faith-based community themselves, nevertheless becoming involved in faith-based film because it is so profitable. And you know what's interesting about some of the more popular films. Um, like I can only imagine, for example, you can have a faith-based message without it being overtly, sure. you know, hardcore. Where it's a little more covert, mm -hmm. live through the person's life story, as opposed to you know, proselytizing. I am of the belief that all truth is God's truth. The truth is the truth, and the truth is part of God. Just like I think that all love is part of God. Just like I think that all righteousness is part of God. All these things are completely absorbed in God. And so as filmmakers, you know, I, I am a man of faith. I'm a Christian. Uh, I have never made a film that is explicitly a faith-based movie, but I believe that all of the films that I've made, including my three features, are explorations of the truth. Mm -hmm. And because they're explorations of the truth, they're explorations of God's truth. Again, that's love, which right. is God, right? <laughs> so it, it, to me, that's the solution to the alienation that's caused well, by technology and that kind of yeah. thing. With Michael Dunaway, producer, executive director, getting ready to do another film with my friend here, Pamela Perrine, who, of course, uh, Angels in Rocket Field, you're going to hear a lot more about that. She's got some other great projects coming up. And, you know, I find that the entertainment business and the sports business run very parallel to each other. And I think more than ever, the sports and entertainment business have collided. People today do a lot of talking. Uh, but when you talk and it's 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 cheap when you don't get it done. That's right. Uh, so I think that's where the Christian, uh, our faith-based film community has really stepped up. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm very impressed with the cinematography of what's gone on here the last five years. And I'm not, you know, I do documentaries and, and have done sports documentaries, but. Uh, a perfect example, my friend was was part of the Woodlawn Project, and one of the problems with sports movies is, is if it's not real, the sports isn't real and believable, then the movie's pretty much in the can. Uh, and so I saw the film for the first time, so they asked me to look at it, and I said, well, first of all, it's the best-made football film in terms of the actual real football. It's believable, mm -hmm. which makes the story even more powerful. Uh, so I took a good test. I took my daughter and my son-in-law, my daughter who knows nothing of football. To her, it wasn't about football. To her, it was a transcendent film about humankind and about human beings and about what happens in someone's life, a real true story. The challenge is to tell a compelling story in a completely original way. And if you're not doing that, you're kind of wasting everybody's time, I think. Even if the movie makes money, even if people are happy with it, uh, if you're not 
doing something new, if you're not bringing something new, if you're not telling a new story or telling an old story in a new way, uh, it's to me it's a waste. That's not the type of movie that, that, that I want to make, certainly. And producer Michael Dunaway with us and producer actress uh, Pamela Perrine. How do you approach the entertainment uh, movie world with the gospel and with the, the Christian walk and how that works? Sure. Yes. Um, for example, I just got back from Sundance and um, I was actually talking to somebody about um, something I was incorporating in my film and I asked this person um, just in the conversation and not in any kind of insulting way, but I asked this person, do you know anything about the Bible? Because I was talking about this verse and the person looked at me and said, no, like literally no. And it really broke my heart because I, I, I just, I was shocked. It, 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 it just was like, no, I don't. And, um, and that one person represented probably thousands of people there at Sundance. And, um, you know, so I, I continued to tell this person what was going on in my movie and how I was just uh, focusing on this one verse in, in, my, in my film. And, um, you know, and I'll always be bold for the Lord, always. But um, so that's the reality of it. But, but to answer your question, you, you don't really go around saying, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, and, and this is it. it. It has to kind of come up in a way where you want to be heard and you want to be taken seriously as it relates to the film. Right. Or you won't be taken seriously. Right. And that's how I've found people, that's how I've gained credibility with it, like my own film, Angels in Rocket Field. If I were to go around saying, I have a faith-based film about a, ba a boy and a baseball player or a rapper, it'd be like, yeah, good for you. I didn't right. do it that way. That wasn't my approach. I said, I have a, I have a great film with a really strong message that's going to touch hearts and hopefully change lives. And then I incorporated God's Word um, with with a Bible verse and um, in the rap song right. has a prayer in it. So you have, to, you have to do it in a way that's going to capture attention or they're going to... Well, and, and I've heard this said a lot of times, you, you earn the right to share the gospel. And that means that until you love somebody, until, until you can get into their life, and you guys are in a world that has such potential. Uh, same thing with this world here. Uh, whether you like it or not, people spend more money on entertainment and sports than any other thing in this country. It's the one thing where you get rid of politics, you get rid of color or social economic background, or where you can bring people together for a common message where you get rid of all that noise uh, so I guess my question to you guys is where do you go next where 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 do you see um, the faith-based community going uh, in the current in the current film world in the current you know, you've got Netflix you've got Amazon you've got all sorts of things going on uh, where that where the, the dynamics changing right do you guys see TV going away oh absolutely not I mean if anything I think TV is uh, is gaining gaining ground um, and I think that Certainly, Netflix and Amazon as those sort of sort of middle grounds between television and film, they're doing nothing but growing. In fact, I think that uh, Netflix and Amazon were the two biggest buyers at Sundance this year. Don't hold me to that. That might not be right, but I think I remember seeing that. Um, and it's exciting. I mean, it should be exciting for anyone who, for anyone who does faith-based films, faith-based films, or any other uh, sort of niche-type film, because 
there's so much bandwidth out there to get your film out. And if your film is good, it will find an audience if you help the audience find the film. And Michael, you know? where are you going with your next project? What are you guys? What are you doing? So it's interesting. I've got a, a, a project that I just shot this week. It's actually a documentary about a single event, and uh, we we hit the edit next week, and uh, we're going to be uh, first taking that to. Um, we're going to be distributing that first through one of these sort of screening on demand services so that uh, this is about an individual who has a huge, huge fan base worldwide. And so, and so if, a, if a fan is in Buenos Aires and he wants to do a screening, he can sign up on the site. And if he gets more than 25 people, the movie will show there. So um, we're, we're kind of taking, trying to take advantage of that kind of cutting edge uh, technology to build up the audience before we do a more mainstream If people want to see your work, where can they go? So my, my most recent film is called Six LA Love Stories. You can uh, just Google that. It's on Amazon. It's on okay. Netflix. It's on lots of, lots of things. It's um, a great yeah. movie. Okay. It's my first scripted film. I had done awesome. two uh, first scripted feature. I had done two documentary features, and now this is a scripted one. we got some great actors in it. Uh, Carrie Preston, who I've been friends with since junior high, uh, two-time Emmy winner. Uh, Stephen Tobolowski, Beth Grant, Matthew Lillard. Wow, okay. Lots of great folks. Pamela, so when can we expect uh, the, the full movie with Rocket? Um, I don't know about that yet. I'm waiting. <laughs> um, it's on the festival circuit yeah. now, so we'll see what happens there. Um, but I'll definitely keep you posted. You know I will. No, that's a great story. Thank you. Great story. And uh, we appreciate you guys coming out. To I'm glad we finally got to see each other face to face. I'm sure we'll be talking very soon. Amen to that. Uh, Michael Dunaway, Pamela Perrine. Uh, Doing the work in a tough business to be if you're a Christian. Uh, so we're looking, but but you know what? It was the same thing in the NFL until we broke through, right? And Preach the gospel at all times. Use words if necessary. Yeah. Saint Francis. <laughs> there you go. We sold out sports talk on American Family Radio. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at afr.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, soldouttv.com and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel 3. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk, your source for faith, family, and sports.